Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. This is the show where you get to ask the stock market experts to answer all of those burning questions that you have and give our view for you on the stocks that you're interested in, plus a whole lot more. Last week, what in what turned out to be a very flat week on our markets, the banks were standout performers, which is timely given our topic for tonight, is best financial stocks to buy in 2021. Are Australian banks on the list? Big question, isn't it? I hope that you're all ready as we'll look at A2 Milk. We've got some great stocks, Lendlease, Clearview Technologies, Worley, Linus, among other stocks, along with answering some really incredibly interesting questions around portfolio construction. So keep up the questions. And it's so great to see that people are really thinking about what they're doing and not just focusing on what stocks to buy. Well, Hello, I'm your host Janine Cox and joining me tonight is my co-host Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hello. Oh, oh hello. Welcome. Oh, welcome back. It <laughs> seems like you're never here anymore. I'm here. Well, you haven't been here the I last three Mondays. Like, are you here tomorrow? This seems to be your ongoing thing, but you... it was a public holiday. But you didn't answer me. Are you here tomorrow? Oh my goodness. Was it a public holiday? Yesterday it was. Is tomorrow? Yes. So do I need to work on a public holiday? Tomorrow's not a public holiday. Yeah, I'm talking about yesterday. She's avoiding my question, isn't she, guys? Oh, gee. I asked if you're here tomorrow, call, but you're just obviously avoiding I'm going to change the subject now. You are. Well, so shall we get into what happened to you over the weekend? You did, you did the stuntman thing, didn't you? <laughs> I wish I had a camera for that. You did it. No, just to explain to everybody, I was riding my bike, all minding my own business. It riding, could only happen to you. Riding my bike along the creeks and everything else. Well, not on the creeks, but in the bike tracks mm. and everything else, and a group of people with a dog or two dogs were playing. So I slowed right down and I was almost stopped, but then a dog ran under my front tyre and I ended up on the ground. The dog is fine. No dogs were harmed in that and there was no filming of that. <laughs> so, but you think it's funny that I, I fall off my bike. I do. You. I call you a stuntman now. I know. I was rolling on the thing. I'm Which... glad that you're okay anyway. I well, shouldn't I thought say about that, doing I? that sort of backflip and getting up and going, yes! Yeah, but it didn't actually work. Oh. Oh, but right. anyway, remember... This is your show, not Janine. So if you do have a burning question for us, don't just sit there, do something. Our question not asked is still a question unanswered. And this may be holding you back from getting better results in the stock market. This means you do need to send it an email or better still, upload a 30 second video of yourself to Dropbox, then send us the link. That's what we really prefer. Now remember to send all of your questions to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type wealth within live in the subject line as always this is a two-way street and that means you hitting that subscribe button and we'll do our bit in answering your questions 
They That's don't a fair deal, isn't button it? all the time, do they? Moving on, it is the second Tuesday in the month, and this means that we'll look at the sectors of the Australian market. So let's let's get into let's get into the charts let's right now. The, the, I know you did the, your the, trick. The, 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 let's get into the charts Inbok, now. Inbok, it was the one. You know, the, if he says Inbok again, you have to write in and tell me because I might miss it. Yeah. Okay. No. Let's look <laughs> no, at I the thing. It. Okay. All right. The, the the leaders board is showing that for the year financials are on top. Well, you know that's not. Um, you know, new news to us. It's um, almost old hand now. So energy slightly behind. So we can see 13.57 is the financial sector. The energy sector up 6.6%, which is doing nicely. And materials 4.62. Consumer discretionary up 2.4. Now the, the overall market, the broader market, only up 2.2 approximately. Now you can see as we get down further, I must mention cons communication services are mm -hmm. still in the positive, which is good to see. But then we've got all of these ones in the red. So info technology went from being the leader. It was the leader last year, wasn't it? Yep, to the laggard. And we've got healthcare as well, almost, you know, in, in on parts, 8.9%, but who's counting? And then you've got 13.4% mm. down for the info tech but utilities is actually following behind on a mm. 6.37. That surprised me a little bit. I thought that'd do a bit better than that. Did you? Mm. But see, I'm thinking now that because it's a switch in, in the sectors gone to what traditionally was defensive, that's financials, yeah. which wasn't defensive, remember, Correct. through that no, big decline wasn't. after all. So now it's more like a growth stock, mm. the financials, the banks, et cetera. And all the, these are all growth. So energy's growth, materials are growth. Yes. Consumer discretionary is a bit more a plotter, yep. you know, so that's, um, you know, middle of the board typically we expect to see. But consumer, consumer staples is also a bit more of a plotter as well, but it's actually down 2.4. Mm. So I was a little bit surprised about that, but we saw coals come off in a big way and we saw um, yes. Bullies um, was another one. Um, we've we've seen pull back a little bit from its high as well. So well, Coles doesn't worry me. I think it's just easing off a little bit at the moment. I think it looks all right. Yeah, okay. But it's just easing right off again. But when you're looking at Infotech, you've got Afterpay falling heavily. You've got Appen falling heavily. Yeah. You've got um, WiseTech falling reasonably well. So they're sort of the fang, mm. the the wax stocks that we have in Australia that, that is the alter fang stocks mm. or the opposite. And look, traditionally healthcare has mm. been a big growth area and yet it's the one that's really lagging a lot. Well, it did so, well last year, healthcare, didn't it? Mm. So 8.9. So maybe some of you out there are a bit surprised to see healthcare had dropped off so much. Okay. So do we want to look at some charts? Um, yeah, actually, what I wanted to show them first is mm -hmm. the spaghetti chart, which I don't think we've shown for a little while. So no, this is haven't. a quick snapshot showing, and this is a monthly view. So really what we're interested in is the short-term moves on these sectors to see what's going up and what's mm -hmm. going down. So your table shows a quick snapshot, yeah. but, but this is a, a diagram. So what, are we looking at from here onwards on all of them, or are we looking back a bit further? Well, I think you're looking at the more. overall move as well so, as looking at the shorter term. So the last sort of month or so, so we the last really want like to see. Sort of bit mm. here from and also on. looking at the overall projection. And looking at yeah. what it is from right back through to here. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we're seeing here during the, the past month or so, we've got um, the information technology is obviously really strongly down. So that's, that's the one that's one. standing out as that's being, it one. had been so yep. strong and in front of all the other mm -hmm. uh, sectors in the market, but now it's not such a great one. So this is this chart's really, we show this to, to students, I think really early on in the diploma because yes. it's, a, a real, it's a pictorial view of what we're looking at in any data. Um, the discretionary is starting yep. to come up a little bit just in the last yep. month we've seen that. And then we're looking at materials as pointing down one. a bit. 
energies sloping upwards. I like that nice That's slope. Nice, it's, isn't it? it does look good. And then we're seeing the same with financials, a nice incline on that rise coming up, so a nice trend up. That's but nice. we have seen a really strong move on some of the banks lately, so mm. you'd expect them to start slowing down a little bit. Especially ANZ and Westpac. Yeah, so we've got XTL, so we've got the, the telcos, which are pretty flat at the moment. And then we're seeing um, the, the industrials. So mm. I like to see the industrials going up. We, it, they have been going up, but now we're seeing this decline coming back again. So, mm. But it, the last month or so was just a gradual yeah. move overall. And we've got staples as well. And looking at flat, that, isn't it? it's a bit flat. And healthcare is obviously another one strongly down. Mm. A big mm. slope coming down and the utilities are just pointing up. So that's really nice, isn't it, to see that? Yeah, okay. So that gives us an indication of what the, the sectors are actually doing. So right now we're still looking at energy, um, financials and materials. And yeah, so if you're looking for areas that are trending, this can mm. be really helpful to mm. see the direction of those um, sectors trending up. Okay. So I think that's probably it for All us. Right. Well, thanks for the wrap up on the market or to the sectors in the market. Now, we need to get into our first question tonight. And this one is from Hugo, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm curious to find out your opinion on A2 Milk. It seems as if there may be an opportunity to take a position in the near future, given the significant downward move since July last year. What do you think of the medium to longer term prospect of this stock? And is it likely to find support and turn around soon? If I'm interpreting correctly, the monthly chart appears to be a present um, unconfirmed downtrend and no reason to enter just yet. Thanks again for the work you both dedicate to the show. Thank you very much, Hugo. So let's get into A2 Milk. It's just going down at the moment, isn't it? It is. So when he said unconfirmed downtrend, well, I think well it's, it's confirmed. definitely in a downtrend. It's definitely in a confirmed <laughs> yeah. downtrend on a monthly chart. It's definitely in a downtrend on a weekly chart if we're looking at all that. Yeah. So, and I think and it it's, could fall further. There's hmm. a possibility it may fall further. We've just got to watch it and see if it actually makes a move to turn around. But hmm. a couple of weeks ago, hmm. it was sold off really strongly. Yeah, it was. So that could be a flush out of the bottom, but then we don't know yet. We still need maybe three or four weeks to know. Yeah, I think we're, we're still seeing this big move down from that's what it, it's June 2020, so not August. So August was already coming down. Oh, sorry, that was August there. So it was already coming down from a June through through there. Through, um, and it, right now, it doesn't look like it's finding support, does it, really? Not at the moment. Um, not at the moment. So right now, and he's asking about the medium to longer term view of it right now until it finds support. The medium term view is down. It mm. really is. The short term view, the medium term view is down. And we can't assume anything else because when it comes to investing and trading, what the stock has been doing, we, knew it, we need to assume it will continue to do so until it doesn't anymore. Yeah. And so right now, it's just wait and see, to uh, wait for it to find some support and then go up. So Yeah, and, uh, and we're mm. looking for the earliest indication that the trend may change. I do change. like the stock, though. Mm. It's just waiting for it to find it is some nice. support. It's a good one so, to have on the watch list. Yeah, it? so I think that's all I need to say on that stock. Yeah. All right. Next, we've got a question from Daniel. Hi, Dale and Janine. I've purchased both of Dale's books, Creating a Trading Plan, Trading Log, etc., as outlined in the books. At the start of this week, I've purchased LLC, as I believe it is, has confirmed its direction and is at the beginning of an uptrend. EPS over the next few years is quite strong, and I have also noticed it has a gap to fill on the weekly chart from March last year, up to 16.75. Would love your opinion and analysis on the stock. So that's fantastic. Good mm. question. Interesting stock. I'd like to know the rules that he's actually bought on. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it may have been a buy some mm. months ago uh, before mm. it had that decline. But at the moment, it um, depends on 
what time frame you're trading on, really? Well, it does. I mean, you know, it, 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 it was a strong move. So let's go and have a look at the chart anyway and get onto that. But you can see the strong move there from two weeks ago where it had a $2 range on $11 stock. Yep. So big move. So I think, you know, maybe they've seen, because he's bought it this week. So he's just only bought it this week or last week. I'm not sure when the email came in. Mm. So it would have been in since last Tuesday. So he's bought in after this big, strong move, thinking it's a new uptrend. Is that a smart move? Um, no, because, I mean, at this mm. point, it's sideways, really. Mm. You, it's had a trend. The trend was strongly up at mm. one stage, but that was a couple of months ago. I, I, look, I do think it's quite early for him at the moment, mm. and it's not hasn't really confirmed it's moving up into enough trend. It hasn't confirmed it's stopped falling. It's had a big bar up there, so that low hasn't been tested. There's a whole lot of little things around it to me that's not... It's yeah, I was wondering early. when I read the email, did mm -hmm. he sort of think that maybe it was in the uptrend some months ago and mm -hmm. he missed it? Mm -hmm. And then he saw it move up strongly and thought, oh, I I'll missed it, in. but it's going up again. So it means I'm... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, it's not going to go through that previous high that we're looking at over there. But I'm not saying it's not going to do that, but I'm just saying right now it's you've jumped too early. I think that's really what I'm saying is you're not trading on confirmation. You're speculating that it's in a new uptrend, and that's really against the rules that Jenny and I talk about all of the time, whether it's in my book or in our courses. Always trade on confirmation, not speculation. So, But thank you very much for the question. That was great. Uh, now we do have a question from Ari who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, just wondering if you could possibly give your insights into Clearview Technologies. It's been on my watch list for a year or so now, and I was about to jump in at 10 cents uh, mark mid last year, but unfortunately never followed through. Now with the reinforcement from your views on the energy sector, possibly looking to flourish this year, I'm looking to hopefully jump on board in a couple of months after the market pullback. Any views and opinions would be greatly appreciated. So um, keep up the great work on the show. It's been an amazing help to many. Now, thank you very much for your kind words. I'll let you have the mouse on this one so oh, you can talk you. about it. How's that? Great. All right. Now, just looking at the chart, mm -hmm. I think from a longer term perspective, we've seen the trend go yep. down to this low and then the trend's turned and gone back up. So it is mm. trending up. It is trending up. And last month it was looking really nice, a really strong move up. But of course, that was almost the same sort of thing that happened here mm. with this big push high, only two weeks up and then all of a sudden it reversed strongly. So you know, I think he's wise to be cautious at this time. And it's always a challenge, isn't it? Yep. If you were looking at the stock uh, some months ago, and then you saw a potential entry. And look, there may have been it may have been possible to get a trend line in there. There were potentially you could see the trend start to move back up again yep. here, and it may have been possible to buy it then. But now he's going to be chasing that one. So then, ha when's the best time to enter? That's the thing. And I think it is about when the risk is okay. To me, that's yeah. for a stock like this that's more volatile. And what I'm looking at particularly is not just the initial mm -hmm. stop loss, but you know, if you were to wait till it was moving back up again, say it moved up strongly, it's a 46% drop to the nearest low. Yeah, that's huge. So that just tells you in itself how risky this is potentially. Mm. And that if it was to come back and take out that low, you know, you stop, you'd be taken out pretty quickly. In mm. fact, people are probably being taken out if they bought in. Depends where you bought in. But if people got carried away with what it was doing two weeks ago, they would have been down 18.7%, the people who bought in up here in uh, 26th of February, 2021. So, yeah. you know, it's always difficult, but it, it has actually proven that it's broken out of this sideways move, which I think is really positive. So mm. I, I'm not saying I don't like the stock. I think it's great that it's in an uptrend, but I just want, now that you're, I just want to wait and see the next couple of weeks if it recovers. Yeah, I think I'm with you because I think it's, it's, 
what are the rules to get into it right now mm. and just not jumping into it just because you missed a trade back when it was 10 cents. So that's one of those things. I know some people yeah. do, they go, I missed it, so I'll jump in. I'm not suggesting this gentleman's doing that, but it's more about, in my view, it's like, what is it going to do? What does it have to do to prove it's strong? Mm. And what does it have to do to give you a signal that it's going up now rather than going down? Because he's saying maybe I might buy it in the next couple of months when it comes back, but it may not come back. Mm. But what if it goes up? Yeah. from where it is and then he so picks himself because he does. sides. It might yeah. happen to him again is what you're it saying. It might happen to him again. It might yeah. go up and he Something goes, oh consider. damn, I missed it again. So mm. that's where having good buy and sell rules, understanding where you're going to buy and where you're going to sell is really, really important. Mm. So, but I mean, that's all I've got to say on this stock, but it's, um, but I mean, I do like it like you, but I'm not super excited. Yeah, okay. All right, well, that was clear view. The next question we have is from Chris. Hi, Dale and Janine. Have been watching your YouTube over a year. Love the program. I've been investing in stock market nearly two decades. One old day rule says that there is no go zone when a company has a debt ratio above 25%. But looking at stocks these days, I hardly see any company meeting that criteria. In fact, a lot of them, including the top 100 companies, have the ratio of 50%. As an old school investor, I found it hard to choose these companies with a high debt ratio. Is the debt ratio no longer relevant when coming to choose a stock since the companies can refinance their funds so easily these days? I'd like to hear your view on this. Thank you. And that's really insightful, isn't that's it? That's an amazing Great question. question. I love it. I yeah. really do. And I know this is one of your bugbears, mm. you know, debt mm -hmm. on companies. And I know part of it is like the banks as an individual they let us borrow 90% and stuff like that. And yet mm. if a company ever borrowed that, we'd, we would never invest in it. Yeah. You know, so it just tells you how much the the banks want to play on us mm -hmm. uh, as, as individuals. But what's your take on company debt? Look, I mean, the market, I would first talk about what the market expects because the market looks at companies that have, typically they'll see mm. something around the 30, 35% yeah. is okay. But once you start heading up around that 50, 65%, then the market will start ranking that as differently. Mm. So, but it could depend on the company because if they're more growth orientated and they tend mm. to have high capital costs and um, there's a lot of investment going on in the company, then maybe 50 to 65 is okay for that company. So it's on a case by case basis sometimes. And often companies will have plans in place to reduce the debt. And, and as um, you know, was alluded to before, because the cost of borrowing these days is so low and they're mm. refinancing and rolling over their debt, the market's not looking at it as seriously as it was before because there's the you know interest rates are so low and they could stay low for longer yeah mm. i mean i mean is this also the current debt ratios more, a bit more of a product of the covid environment that we had last year with companies having less income coming through and still needing to do things well look you'd have to say that they're not necessarily going to clear debt as quickly and mm. probably you know you think about what the government's doing the government's mm. using the opportunity with such low um, interest rates to be able to use that, yeah. use the funds that they have at their disposal yeah. to get things done at a low cost. Okay. So a lot of people are doing the same thing. So it makes sense at a time like now that companies could do the same thing as well. Okay. So in summary, you're saying up to 50% okay, but preferably around about 35% above 50% and mm, probably not. Yeah. 
Okay. Above 55, 60, five that's when you're starting to get into a zone where the market might want to make an adjustment to them if they start, especially if they report and they get mm. some negative reports, the yep. market would look at that negatively. And probably react quickly. But it is company dependent as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. Cool. So that we hope you're enjoying the show so far. We've got lots more to come. And before we get into tonight's topic, now's the perfect time. Show your support for the team who support you and put tonight's show together. Hit that subscribe button and remember to also like the video. Now, getting into the topic for tonight, which is best financial stocks to buy in 2021 are Australian banks on the list. Mm, drum roll. <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> Australian investors have been led to believe that the strategy of buying and holding stocks in the financial sector over the long term is the best way to invest. And this is due in part to the fact that stocks in the sector are considered low risk, safe investment, and because they usually pay a dividend. However, history's demonstrated how this strategy has not only resulted in investors' portfolios underperforming, but at times experiencing significant losses. Mm. So to make sense of all this, we're going to review how the financial sector has performed and in particular, how Australian banks have performed in previous market corrections so that you can learn how financial stocks react under these conditions. We'll also look at where financial stocks are heading in 2021 and share our view on the best financial stocks to buy in 2021. Mm. That's a big mouthful. Will we get through all of that, I wonder? I'm not sure we'll get through all of that, but let's go into first up. I mean, Janine, you really have, you, I mean, you always enjoy talking about the financial stocks and the sector. So I'm really concerned you're going to go over time on this one because you do like them so much. So just in case, I bought a stock, a sock for you, um, as a last resort and a drastic measure to tonight to stop you talking. But I've also got the gaffer tape to make sure it stays in place. So there you go. You can have it. Did you guys know about this? Um, well, I hope it's clean and you and that you haven't used it because you might have to use it on me. But you know, you'd be you'd be oh. lucky trying to get that on me. No, I just ran ten <laughs> kilometres in that one this morning. <laughs> All right, thanks very much for that. Look, I don't know what we can do with that either, but I'm sure we'll find a good use for it at some stage. Okay. Um, now, you and I have both warned investors about applying a buy and hold strategy to any stocks, including banks, and we could see that one day the love affair that existed on shaking foundations between investors, financial advisors, and their bank stocks would actually be exposed. Yeah, and the charts have confirmed what we've been saying for a long time, that banks are no different to all mm. other equities in that they all are cyclical in nature and therefore experience major highs and major declines. So that's the challenge with it. And we talk about the stock market and how fear and greed drive it. And many will have seen Wolf of Wall Street and mm. Wall Street, the movies. Dale said that we should be talking about trading places. I love but that movie. He clearly was not thinking about the <laughs> stock market at the time. <laughs> and know that major financial collapses, while they are due to human psychology and the emotions of fear and greed, it's a financial industry that sets the dominoes in motion to eventual financial collapses. So it makes sense that fear and greed would affect bank operations and this would be exposed eventually. We all know the findings from the Royal Commission, don't we? Mm, ways mm. and they're still getting washed out for that anyway. But OK, Janine, what, what are we actually going to look at first? All right. You're going to bring up Optima? Yeah. First of all, we're look at, looking at the charts okay. there and I've got the... The financial um, sector chart. We're going to look at that first, are we? You took the words right out of my okay. mouth. Yep. Okay. So we first of all have to think about the weight of the banks in the financial mm. sector. And yep. we know that, that in, the, in the market as a whole, 
mm. and the weight of the sector as a whole. So the financial sector has a significant weighting and typically around 30 odd percent over the whole. And it, it could be more that now that we've seen them, the stocks rise so strongly because as those stocks in the sector rise, mm. if other stocks are not rising at the same rate, then obviously this is increasing its position. Okay, so what are we going to show them on the, on the chart? Well, so the first thing to really look at, we mm. need to look at the big picture, okay. the monthly charts, the, the king of all the charts. So remember that, don't go to the daily chart first, always look at what's happening in the big picture. So this is the banking industry? So this is the financial sector. sector. So next, okay, so we're looking have at the financial Have you been listening sector. to me? Yes, I have. I'm sorry. Fantastic. I'll just shut up. Okay. It's your topic. Okay, so we're looking at the financial sector and we can see there that it's, we've, we've gone through this decline in the GFC, mm. obviously, and, and the all ordinaries did a very similar thing. Obviously, the weighting of the, the, yeah. the sector has influenced the shape of the chart and the all ordinaries, ordinaries is very much the same. So at the time, we thought potentially after the GFC that the market could actually capitulate and we could get Correct. another low That's coming what we down. Were thinking, yeah. yeah, so we had to mitigate against that risk. But in essence, what's happened in the financial mm -hmm. sector is a good demonstration that yep. it actually recovered, but it, it had, didn't recover fully. So for our market to really push higher through those all-time highs that we've seen more recently with prior, just prior to COVID and with the GFC high. Mm -hmm. In order to move strongly above that, the financial sector needs to keep going. And at the moment, it looks like it's got the potential to go up more medium term, doesn't it? And it's interesting because it hasn't broken through that previous all-time high prior to the GFC. Yeah, I think the last couple of mm. months is really signalled the yeah. fact that we're moving on. Until then, it could have easily just fallen away. Mm. And that was always a risk with it, wasn't it? Okay, so now we're going to, let's look at the history of the banking index. Is that what we're looking yeah, at? Yeah, so let's have a look yeah. at the, the next one. So we're seeing that we mm. want to have a look at what the influence of the banks have been okay. more recently. Yep. So this index is, hasn't been running very long. So we're going to look at the weekly chart. And you can see there that we've almost come up to that prior high there. This is a September 2019 high. Yep. Um, and that's a really great thing to see. This is more like a growth stock that we're seeing in terms of the way that well, the banking sector... Well, it is the way sector, it's unfolding at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, so this is terrific. So to see this sort of unfolding is great. Now, how long was the recent decline? Yep. So we want to go back to the financial sector and just have a really good look at what this decline represented. So I'm just going to put something on there. Now, I'm going to count... We know that the... Um, the Royal Commission really started around this time or the, the problems around the bank started around that time of the high and interesting how it was sold off Yes. before that. So people in the new know knew that there was something that wasn't right. Now, 50% decline we saw overall mm. on the, the financial sector. So we that's including property as well, yeah. of course. And property was hit really hard in the GFC and perhaps more than the banking stocks themselves. They, yeah. they proved to be more volatile. Um, but we've seen a 50% decline, and now that was in 261 weeks approximately. Thank you for that. Mm, I thought you'd I'd help you out that a little bit. That was an excellent contribution that you've made there. Now, we look at the rise off that low, and we can see that so far the financials have actually recovered about 72% of that decline, which okay, is pretty so amazing in the time frame that we're talking, you know. So how long are the banks taken, how, how long are they taken to come back? I mean, oh, look, you know, as you can long. see, it's about, it's not even a year, is it really? Mm. So mm. what they've, so what's taken 261 weeks to fall, they've risen in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, Almost 12 weeks, and they're two-thirds of the way back months. up, isn't it? Yeah, 12 months. So, sorry, it's a monthly that's chart, so meant, 12 months. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, and so you would you would expect now that the, the financials would continue well, to move up over time. this is not 261 weeks, is it? Because that's from 2015, so 
That's a bit wrong, isn't it? No, it's not. 52 weeks in here, that's right. I was yeah. thinking, sorry, I was looking in days, so I'll just shut up again. Now, what we really need to do is we need to take a look at what um, mm. the individual... So we know that the individual banks really got pummeled. So we know this mm. index is dominated by the big four. Okay. Yep. Okay, so some of the biggest weights on our market. And we know that Macquarie... Okay. Um, actually didn't get affected in the same way through the Royal Commission. So you can see here that when the Royal Commission... What? Okay. Hit, which was all the banks went into decline, the big four from around mm -hmm. 2015. Yeah. So what did Macquarie do? Macquarie went from strength to strength. Yeah. After that time. And well, it was the best performing bank after the GFC. Yeah, but. And I think it was the best performing one out of the COVID, wasn't it? Well, look at what. Ha let's just have a look and see because during COVID, mm. we could see. It fell further than the, other, than the other banks during COVID. Yeah, but Macquarie fell 53%. Let's have a look at and what the financial what sector as a whole um, fell during COVID, just yeah. as an idea, to see the, the sort of volatility. So if we go back to what was it, February here, yep. gee, that seems like so long ago now, um, we're talking 45% for the whole sector. Mm. Okay, so that's where you can see Macquarie traditionally has been far more volatile than other banks. So mm. I'm just going to use CBA as an example. Now I'm just going to jump quickly to something. So just to do a quick comparison to Macquarie to give you a, an idea. So you can see that during the GFC, what happened with um, Commonwealth Bank, I'm just we're talking about the history still. We didn't fall anywhere near as much, did it? Oh, right. no, it did. Look at that. Yeah. So 63% fall during the GFC. So this is why, like a lot of people were still mm. buying and holding banks, even after the GFC had hit, even though mm. banks still could fall as much as the overall market and big stocks. Okay. And we're seeing, we've seen a 44% decline in Commonwealth Bank, who most people would think was immune. Yeah. I didn't even think that Commonwealth Bank was going to fall that far. Well, all the big four banks fall, fell 35 to 50% from 2015, yeah. all of them. Yeah, so. and yet we've seen Macquarie fall more significantly during COVID than what, say, Commonwealth Bank. And that's what I'd mm. expect because it's about knowing the behaviour of the shares that you're buying. That's okay. the real key. So if we just take a quick look for a few minutes uh, if we've still got time. Well, I don't know. I might need to get my sock out again. Yeah. See, 85% decline in the GFC. Wow, that's huge. Right? So that's much more than, say, a Commonwealth Bank or an ANZ. So it's a lot more volatile. So, okay, so where do you see the banks and the financial sector heading into 2021? Yeah, okay, so we're looking at financial. I think um, financials are going to be up yep. in 2021. There's no doubt about it. We're already up in the 13s. It's just Correct. a question, can the financial sector maintain that gain and can Is we get a 20% incline? Now, you and I had the view that the, mm. the whole market is likely to increase in 2021 through that high yep. and we're going to see a push on. So for that to happen, the banks have to the go. The banks and materials generally have to go. Yeah. So even if we do see a short-term slowdown in yep. the banks at the moment, then we expect that later in the year we will see a move back up. I'm not saying that this doesn't go without ups and downs because yep. there will be still ups and downs across the sector. Okay. So what are what is your forecast for the sector then? Okay. So the forecast for the sector is mm -hmm. to see it push through that all-time high and we're going to end up somewhere around these eight, um, above, I'd say above 8,000, 8,400 in 2021. Okay, so you're talking 30%. There's a potential the for another, for it to double what it's already done okay. this year. 
Um, but what we need to do is we need to watch over the coming months to see how the banking sector reacts around these levels, around the 6,600 to 6,800 as it comes up to this high here. But okay, so this is the sector. So I This is I the wanna, sector, not the market. Yeah, and I was yeah. just so saying don't confuse it with saying that every bank's going to go up 30%. Yeah, correct. Because uh, some people think, you know, well, you think the sector's going up so all the banks will win. No. So what's the yeah. likely upside for the banks? Because that's really the big they're the big chunk of this financial well to sector. me they're driving it exactly driving. as you say and so we're going to so real yeah. estate stocks have mm. been doing well we've seen yeah. from some but some have been down or sideways yes so i think like you just said there are going to be some that will be off this year mm -hmm. so the pick there'll be picks and i'm not necessarily going to say what the picks for all of the sectors well, are i know some of the insurance companies i wouldn't put my money in because we might be able to do another show on, well, on the might. real estate sector that's what i'm hoping <laughs> Um, so looking at this one, we can see that once the financials go up, we expect a similar sort of move for the big banks as the well. Banks. Okay, so yep. we're looking at double-digit returns for 2021, probably. Well, we've already got double-digit returns for yep. banks, and I think that they will be able to hold on to double-digit returns this year. Cool. So, yep. and would you think that we had to get over 20%? I do. Mm, okay. I think there's a really good potential at the moment, given the way the chart's unfolding. Okay, so we always get... Both sides of the story, don't we? That's mm. really what it's about. So what's the downside risk on the banks this year? Yeah, and that's the real challenge, and will they be volatile it? in getting that? That's the other question. I think they will. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're going to see a bit of a blip in towards mm -hmm. the middle of the year yep. as we hear things about the budget, what's happening in the economy as coming into the end of the financial year. But mm -hmm. what will happen is that the big institutions will reset their portfolios in yes. July. And so that, I think that will mark a point for the, for the financial sector and the banks as the next part of the move up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously, with interest rates at all-time low, that affects the banks. If interest rates, from what I'm reading up, experts are not expecting them to go up till next year. Mm -hmm. um, they're not worried about inflation this year. So yeah. are banks right now still... Banks are you, preferred yeah. picks. Yeah. However, it doesn't mean that we would say just hold on to the banks. Yep. So it depends on the time frame over which you're trading. You know that we look at charts. For example, if I bring up a mm -hmm. chart of Commonwealth Bank, we look at weekly and monthly charts. I've got the chart of the month there. So if you're trading on a medium to longer term time frame, yep. then you're using this time frame chart to manage it. So you're not getting sort of necessarily whipped out if the banks do come back. But then because of that volatility being in the banking sector still at times over the coming year, then you could see, um, you know, your portfolio fall somewhat yep. if you're still continuing to hold a lot of banks in your portfolio before yeah. they eventually move up again. Okay, so you're saying don't fall in love with banks but have them in your portfolio. Be prepared to sell them, you know, if the, mm. if the risk increases too much. But I think this is a better time, obviously, to be in banks than it was the last five years. And so you'd have to say that oh, if our yeah. market's going to keep going up, I'd say that this is going to be good well, for the next few years. Well, they all going down for five years yeah. and they're all known to be able to trend for multiple years mm. and they've been going up for 12 months. Yeah. So it stands to reason that these would be our preferred picks or some of our preferred picks, but I know we don't really like giving or we don't prefer to give stock tips or specific No, because the banks have been tips. rising so strongly and then mm. we talk about banks mm. and people go out and buy them but not based on rules and that's yeah. a problem because then when the banks fall away, how are they going to manage their risk? So we wouldn't, rather than give them a stock tip, we'd rather mm. give them strategies and how yes, to actually exactly. find the stops and, and mm -hmm. how to find the stocks and what to do, which is what we've been doing over the yep. last few weeks and few months actually, showing people how to filter down to stocks, how to exit strategies and how to, why they should be looking at and doing better research at the front end. Yeah, we've, we felt mm -hmm. we've already 
done that in terms mm. of explaining that background to you if you've mm. watched a lot of our shows in the lead up to this anyway. So mm. now it's just a more about, I think what people want is they want to know, they, most people probably hold banks. They, do, they would, they do, because I don't know so, how many portfolios do you see over the last 25 years that people have been giving to us and it's, yeah. every single one has banks in it. There's mm. just not, it's somebody, especially somebody over 50 or 60 and they say, here's my portfolio and you know there's a bank in it. Yeah. Before you even start, it's always Telstra in a bank <laughs> from yeah. that point of view. But we did briefly touch on other financial stocks, I know, because there's more than just banks in it. So what other financial stocks? Yeah, in the financial sector, you could have all sorts of things mm -hmm. like tech, not, companies that have technology advances. So fintechs? So some of the fintechs, yeah. some of the real estate stocks will actually yes. be quite good. I think like insurance stocks have a bad name. There are dirty words sometimes on when we go to the investment oh, yeah. team Especially meetings health um, talking about insurance stocks because they can flip quite easily, but there are times to be in those. They're not buy and hold, that's for sure. I mean, Buffett, mm -hmm. didn't he buy a couple of our insurance stocks? IOG was one I think uh, correct. he bought in and then it went up for a while and not long after that flipped. So a lot of people who were buy and hold heard that he was buying it went into it. Of course, that fueled the rise and then they're stuck with it. Well, Berkshire Hathaway is mm. insurance. Yeah. That's what they do. You know, but you know yeah. that. But little people follow what the big people do when they Correct. hear about it. But mm. then they don't have rules and strategies to get out of it, um, like some of the big people. But there do. should be. There could be some nice smaller players in some of the fintechs, and obviously mm. technology is expanding over the next decade. Yeah. And what we're doing in there, and there'll be a lot more fintechs out. So, but again, in the end of the day, you're really telling us it's about stock selection, isn't it? It it's is about what are you picking? Are you trending stocks? What are your rules? What yep. are you applying? What rules are you applying to the stocks that you're buying, regardless of where whether they're a bank or not. Mm. And that's really what you're sort of saying is do your exactly. research and, and do that. So, you know, so you've heard our view on the financial sector and the banks. And just remember that no stock is immune from a sell-off and never assume that a stock that has been rising for years will continue to do so. And a few individual companies we selected to demonstrate the importance of managing the stocks. Now, when the market pulls back, it's not always the case that all stocks will fall together, which is why it's really important to focus on your strategy for each stock and let your rules to determine your decision-making. So come up with the strategies and then apply those to each and every single stock that you own, not just blanket do it across the whole portfolio. I think that's what we're trying to say to people, yeah? Yeah, that's really important. Mm. And each week you'll have heard Dale releases his view on the market and often comments on the banks. So remember to watch his market reports that are released each week and remember that this is a week-by-week -week assessment of the market and is therefore a short-term prognosis that can change quickly. However, just be mindful that our longer-term forecast for the overall market rarely changes. Mm, so, so if you were to ask me what is the best way to get started and learn how to trade the banks, I'd say buy, buy Dale's book. And if you ask me about the second best way, I'd say still buy Dale's book. All you need to do is click the link in the description below to get your copy. It's that easy. Gee, how'd you sneak that, Adley? And that was pretty good, wasn't it? So, but okay, Jenny, before we finish up on our topic tonight, I just really wanted to briefly summarise what we said in our topic. Now, keep your hands on the sock and gaffer tape, okay? So oh, does that just mean in I get case, to use it? Just in case I rattle on, all right? So I'm not allowed <laughs> to waffle on. Now, banks are not suited to a buy and hold strategy, so you shouldn't be doing that. You still need to actively manage them to get the best returns and avoid major declines. My book proves that to you. Now you've seen how the big four undergo similar moves um, to each other. So they'll all sort of work in unison with each other. And finally, remember to pick trending stocks. You know, it's really important you do that. So have some rules around what you're actually doing. Was that short enough for you? 
I think you put more into them. It's good. It's good. Really good. Okay. Well, you didn't get he the sock out, for, so I was okay. He was looking for something, but I wasn't going to bring the tape back out. Now I've let's got, get into I've some more emails. But before, before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on that like button. Now we have a question from a lovely lady called Jen who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, love your show. Thank you for continuing insight you provide to all of us. I've been saving and buying small parcels of shares, around $3,000 each time, over the last 18 months. I currently hold Coles, Wes Farmers, Kogan, Cochlear, Woodside Petroleum, Macquarie Group, CSL, um, and except CSL, which is slightly down, all others are at or above buy prices as of Friday last week. The goal of my portfolio is medium to long-term investment. Now, I've recently received a small inheritance and I'm wondering if I'm best to top up current shares or search for new opportunities. Would appreciate your thoughts. Thanks very much. Really Good great question. question, isn't it? It's a really well Good thought out question. Good stocks too in that portfolio, by the way. Congratulations yeah, on picking some good it stocks. It is, it is. Mm. So she's got roughly 3,000 in all of them because she said most of them are slightly in profit, one slightly okay. lost. So it's all around $3,000. Well, that um, spreadsheet you did last week would be a really good example absolutely for, for this lady. Mm. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So would you add to them? I think she's got, what's that, five stocks she's got? Yeah, I think so it's I'd, five I'd probably, I wouldn't possibly add to those positions. I'd probably put new stocks into it. Yeah, I'd, I I'd, agree. I'd probably add two or three more positions if you could, depending on whatever you You didn't say what the inheritance is, but let's say the inheritance is $10,000, put another $3,000 into three more yeah, stocks. Yeah, because the risk is quite concentrated mm. on those positions Correct. that she's already got. So what you're talking about doing is actually diversifying the risk across more stocks so that yeah. you know her exposure to one share across her whole investments. Yeah, I think if she can get it out to 10 mm. with the inheritance, mm. I'm still holding that $3,000 position size. I think I'd yeah. be happier with that than saying put more money into these uh, the stocks that she's already owned, okay. I think. And, and don't be don't be in a rush to put it in and don't just dump it in straight away. Some people just go, oh, I've got this much money, I'm going to put it all in the market straight away. That's not necessarily a wise thing to do. Just if the stock presents itself, put the money in and get out to that 10, around about 10 positions and that'll diversify your risk. But really good question and thank you very much, Jen, for asking that. Now we have a really great question. Not that the last one wasn't really great, but we have a really great question from Brad who asks, Hi, Dale and Janine, regarding your ideas around sectors that may perform better in 2021, finance, energy and materials, I have culled the dead wood from my portfolio and I'm looking to rebuild. Now, keeping to Dale's idea of about five to eight good stocks, should I buy two or more good stocks in the finance sector or try to keep my portfolio more balanced? Mm. Can't, Brad. So do you add more finance stocks? I mean, that's always mm. a challenge, isn't it? You know, when you're looking at stocks that are going up, mm. should it matter? Because in the top 20, for example, there's a concentration of financial shares. Correct. And that didn't mm. stop the top 20 from going up, did it? Didn't stop. No, it didn't. So I would say, look, it depends. How many financial stocks? You said two. Two. I would say there'd be room in a portfolio of up to 10 shares. Eight. She said yeah. five to eight, though, didn't you? Yeah, but I, I want to question that mm. because a lot, I think a lot of people think they take things out of question. If you're a... a um, out if of context. Yeah, out of context. Did I say the wrong thing? I use a bad word again. Um, to me, if you're a, a well-heeled trader, a, a knowledgeable trader, then having five stocks in your portfolio is fine because of the concentration risk that you have. And the stop loss might be smaller and because you've back-tested it and you're looking at your overall risk. Yeah, and you understand what you're doing in the buy and sell rules. But if you're more of an investor or an active investor or uh, not a highly knowledgeable trader, then I'd be going eight to 12 stocks, not five to eight stocks, because you need to diversify that risk out across more stocks because 
Um, it really is like having, holding five stocks is a lot higher risk than holding 10 um, mm. in that in that when you're talking about specific risk and, and stuff that we talk about in the book. So please, uh, I don't know what type of investor or trader you are. So just look at that. But, I'd but go the key is to actually bigger. do the calcs. Mm. So actually work out Correct. the numbers for yourself. Work out how mm. much you're prepared to risk on each share. Yep. Do the calcs as, you know, divide that by the, the position mm. size by the total value of the portfolio and look at what that means in dollar terms as well as in percentage terms across the lot. So we've got a uh, next question from Sanjay. Hi, Dale and Janine. I'd like to know how shorting a share in big volume might change price down as I know shorting can be done only through margin or CFD account where you don't own the underlying asset. Please correct me if I'm wrong with margin account definition. Do you know what that means? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I didn't quite understand what they're asking. Well, basically saying he understands that shorting the stock market is on margin, and it really is. So so when you're shorting the market, you're actually selling a stock that you don't own. Are you talking to them or me? To them. Yeah. I'm explaining it to but, you as well. No, but no. I mean, I know that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what is he really wanting to know? Well, he, I think what he's getting at is is about when there's a lot of shorting in a stock, how does that affect the price? Mm. So, and in terms of if we go, look, let's look at a high profile company. But it's a very open-ended question. It because is. Because what's a lot of shorting? And it depends on the liquidity of the Correct. share and a lot of factors, doesn't it? Well, is the market going down at the time and therefore everything's being sold yep. off and that's helping actually drive the price down? Yeah. Yep. So that was why I'm, I'm asking for that clarification because mm. sometimes the quality of the question that you give determines the... The detail that we're going to give you well, in our all answer. all the time it does, doesn't mm. it? If we understand the question a little bit better, but I think where he's coming from is looking at heavily shorted stocks, but he's also wanting to understand the margin side of it as well. And that's what I got from the question. Mm. So Harvey Norman, one of the most shorted stocks on our marketplace. JB Hi-Fi JB Hi-Fi is. Mm. Um, those sorts of stocks. In the US, we had Tesla mm. gone up 1,100%, and yet it was one of the biggest shorted stocks in the US, but it still took off. I guess the so, good way of doing it is to go and look on the ASX website mm. and have a look at the short. They report the shorts every day. Mm. And you can see what volumes there are, and then you can go and have a look at the companies and, dis and how much stock is available on the market and just determine that for yourself in terms does, of that. Yeah, what I'm suggesting, I think, is just because a stock is heavily shorted doesn't necessarily mean the price is going down all the time. It, it, oh, because it, the, the implication is they expect it to go down. It depends on what the equilibrium is, doesn't Correct. it? Correct. It does mm -hmm. really do that. But you are right. When you're shorting a stock, you have to do it in a margin position, which means you've got to put up a margin, which is generally cash, um, to a broker. And then they go and borrow the stock for you and sell that on the marketplace. So somebody actually owns the stock, um, but you're borrowing it. They sell it on the marketplace and you're in a shorting position. So that's really how it works. So you can't not do it unless you're in a margin position. But I would suggest that the ASX has some great little um, courses and booklets around this sort of stuff to help you understand what margin um, is and what shorting is. So they've got some really good stuff like mm, that, haven't they? They have. And some, they've probably got some good articles on their website. Yeah, they've well. got some really good stuff. It's a little bit harder to find things nowadays. It used to be easier and I don't necessarily like the updated ASX website, but don't tell them that, okay? It's just between us. <laughs> You're on next. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> cool. Now, the next question we have is from Julia who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for another great show. The stock Wally has me puzzled. I'm not sure whether I should sell as I feel I'm in a bit of a risk situation. I bought the stock in November at $10.56 and watched it rise and then fall, rise a bit, then fall. And in hindsight, I should have had a trailing stop loss. What are your thoughts on this stock for the medium to long-term future? So let's go and have a look at Wally, okay? Well, if he's looking um, at the long-term future, mm -hmm. this is the chart. Let's have a look at the monthly chart of Wally to mm -hmm. see what 
the potential is there. So you can see that while the stock has come back a bit, mm. um, it's not out of character out with of character. the personality of this share. It's not unusual to see it actually pull back. Mm. And the way that it's trending up, look what it did here. It was probably a little bit less volatile at times, but mm. look at the month here in February 2017. It actually fell quite away. So we've seen a decline, but over three months. Yeah. Since the high, it's not like it's just fallen in one month. Mm. So I'd say that potentially it's coming back to find support, but it is a challenge, isn't it? When you've just seen your share go up and yeah. you're sitting there watching it and it looks nice, but you know, it's pulled back below your buy price or to well, towards your buy price. My view on that is it just means that there's, she mentions that she'd have put a trailing stop loss on it. Yes, mm -hmm. is the answer to that. But it just shows you the psychology that people go through when they don't have solid rules. Because mm. if you're driving a car and you know the road rules and you feel pretty safe, mm -hmm. but if you drive in some Asian country where you don't know the road rules, imagine trying to drive somewhere like that where there's a thousand cars going all over the place. You, you don't feel yeah, more mayhem. confident. It's mayhem. Mm. And so that's how a lot of people work with the market. They only tend to get emotional and, and fearful if they don't understand what they need to do. And to me, that fear of the unknown creates um, that where they jump in and out of stocks at the wrong time and they do the wrong things. Right now, I like the stock at the moment. I think it's look, just having I mean, a little bit of a short-term pullback. You can pullback. look at a pullback and think, oh, gee, it's, the stock's fallen mm. away. But then when you look at it on the monthly chart, it just looks like a small It looks great. So let's have a look at it on the weekly chart just briefly. Can you get it on? How did we do it? I did it the wrong way. All right. Have a look at it on that. What are you thinking now at the moment? Well, it looks like it may be finding support right mm. now. So you just have to wait and see, you know, what the stock does over the next couple of weeks. But ideally, you'd like to see it get back above this bar okay. here in February. So what kind of exit strategy would you put on? Would you have a stop loss well, on it? He did talk about medium and long term, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if the stocks come back to the buy price, then potentially you walk, you're talking yeah. about your initial stop losses managing yeah. the this risk. This is Julia, by the way, too. Yeah, well, Julia. Not a he. She's oh, a she. she sorry. I'm I apologise. I apologise, Julia. I'm not discounting a guy who's got a name called Julia, but it's highly <laughs> likely that's a lady. Yeah. So. Okay. So, but it depends, you know, if someone was buying it with a medium to longer term time frame, would you be exiting? I'd have a 15% stop loss on that right now. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's really what I would actually be doing. And then if it goes above that previous peak that you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, then stay with it while it's going up. I think okay. that's sort of what my take on it is. Fantastic. Mm. Now we have a question from Gary. Hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for your great show. I've recently purchased your two books. I'm learning so much. I hope to enroll in your course soon to further improve my share trading knowledge. Would appreciate it if you could look at Linus for me. I purchased last year at 218 out of sheer luck rather Holy than moment. rules or analysis. At that time, it's recently hit a high of 680 after falling back to $6. I've set a trailing stop loss at 15%, which has nearly triggered this week. Do you think it's had its run and or is there further upside? Thanks so much. All right, let's have a look at that chart, shall we? Wow. So you can see there, long-term picture, it looks really strong. It does look very, very strong. Okay, so we've had a number of months off. It's taken off perfect timing. I couldn't, you know, you couldn't have picked it even, you know, there were rules there to buy on it, but he's um, done really well. So looking at that run, I mean, a nice trend line mm. might work under it, but then it just depends on being able to fit the trend line up underneath that accelerated rise. So, you know, what, what do you think about 
Linus? Well, right now, I mean, I don't know where the 15% stop loss is. In my mind, is it a 15% trailing stop loss? Yes, is that too tight? That's what he'd be saying. But he's, yeah. he'd be talking about from the high, which we don't do those sort of stop losses. Well, we generally don't, not for trading. It's mm. we. I talk a bit about it in the book, more for investing or active investors as like a fail-safe Because exit. they don't know because any Because they don't know technical mm. rules. But is 15% on a stop loss on a trailing stop loss on this, is that yeah, too but, tight? But the ch and it's a good point that you've raised because it is a more mm. volatile stock. Mm. And we know that stocks can come back anywhere between 10 and 20% as mm. part of a pullback. So it's really about having a look at the history of the share and seeing what does it typically do when it mm. pulls back. Well, let's bring it up. Let's have mm. a bit of a look. We've got a little bit of time. So let's go and have a look at the monthly chart. So we're a bit ahead of schedule, but looking at some of these pullbacks, um, is that what I'm talking about, that one? So we're looking from here to here. Now you're looking on that's, the monthly chart. I know, that pulled back 67%. I'm so that's go to the probably weekly in a, minute. a bit useless to us at this point, isn't it? All right, then, all right, have it your way. I'll go to the weekly chart Thank if you, you like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go down, here we go. Look, there's the weekly chart, magically. But looking at some of these moves it has, let's look at some of these shorter term moves, okay? That move there was what? Yeah, so 20. what you're saying is in a couple of weeks it can fall 25%. It doesn't need to take much. And so, you know, setting a figure like 15%, that's 18% over those few weeks there. Um, let's just keep putting things on it. There we are. Look at that. That's 20, 55%. Let's look at some of these smaller moves. And even that, we're talking about 15%. So why would you exit? And because he would have exited on that and yeah. seeing it move up and doing some pretty nice things. So right now... My thinking is just based so on this. So the trend this. line might work really well, on it? I think the trend line's going to work a hell of a lot mm. better than that. So if you haven't, um, well, did he say he bought my book? I even think he, even yeah. if he did Trading Mentor, there's probably some strategies in well, there. Well, he's that... looking at doing one of our courses, yeah. so I would suggest that. But right now, I think this is just a magic trade. Mm. I think it's a really, really nice trade. And I understand wanting to protect You can relax in that situation. Yeah, you've got no risk at all. Mm. So I would just probably maybe even put it on a monthly chart and put a trend line underneath that on a monthly chart and just... Yeah. And Look, relax. I mean, what, what would, it would be quite yeah. okay just to pocket the initial investment so that way you're trading totally with the market's money and not your own. Well, which is what was that concept that we talked about last week that person mm. was asking about free carrying a stock. Yeah, okay. That's really what it was about. I had yep. some people saying, well, what he means is they just pulled their money out of the marketplace. Mm. So, um, and whilst we generally don't do that because... Um, it's more for a highly leveraged situation, getting your money out of the marketplace when you're running trades really hard with lots of leverage, not necessarily yeah. for cash positions. But when you're but, talking about someone who's yeah. also new to the market and doesn't have really solid rules and needs a bit of help, mm. that's a really good idea, but does, I think. But the question then is, is, is when a stock's in, in good profit, does the person think all that money that it, the stock's made is at their own or not? Just by taking your initial capital out of it, does, does that change the psychology at all? Uh, I think it would, mm. like for, especially for a new person. Mm. You know, the fact that they've got that money, they're, 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 not, they're risking their profit at the, this point. Yeah, and how much profit, profit do you want to risk, mm. really, that becomes that question, doesn't it? Because, well, I mean, does. look at Blackmore's. So wasn't mm. that, was it um, Slater and Gordon? Mm. Who would have thought that, I think it was their shares yeah. were just booming, who would have thought that they would have got pummeled to the degree that they did? Yes. So you might have been sitting there thinking, all this time I'm doing so mm. well, but all of your money's on the table, not just what you originally invested, but all your profit as well. Yeah. So to me, when you're talking about trading these stocks that are in that lower end, I think it's well and truly justified doing something like okay. that. But okay. again, you've got to make your own decisions. Mm. Mm. Okay, all right. Now, uh, for a little change of pace, I wanted to share an inspiring quote from Ben Franklin, who said, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. Hmm. 
good one. Right now, you're investing a small amount of your time watching our free YouTube show in order to gain some knowledge around investing and trading stocks. And if you follow what we're sharing, it will pay you time and time again. There is another saying, the more you learn, the more you earn. So imagine what you could achieve if you undertook one of our courses. Mm, very good point, Janine. Mm. I love looking at some of those quotes. Mm -hmm. They're pretty apt. We used to put them all on our Facebook page. You're the king regular. of quotes, aren't you? I am the king of quotes. Don't you have them throughout your book as well? Yeah, well, yeah we've got quotes all through the book. One of my favourites is the one from um, Zig Ziglar. He says, if you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. But mm. if you're willing to learn, no one can stop you. That's lovely. And that's really one mm. of my favourite quotes that I have of all time. Inspiring. Yeah, he's it's, it's a very inspiring person. That's one of my favourite books. See you at the top that he wrote back I think in the 70s, mm. I think, and I was lucky enough to meet him one day. So um, I'm sure you'll hear about it if you listen to my podcast, you'll hear me talking about it. But I think we've got our last email question for the night, I think. But uh, let's get back to those email questions. And again, this is our last email from the night and we saved the best for last. John, it's your turn now. John says, hi, guys. I love watching your Tuesday show. I have purchased both books, almost finished reading one. Oh, wow. It's amazing. We'll be going back to basics and we'll definitely be looking at one of your courses um, in the near future. I'm looking for help in a couple of stocks from the top 20. What are your thoughts? I already have BHP, BAP and CWI still holding from one year ago. Looking forward to your response. So he's looking for a couple of stocks in the top 20. So what are we yeah, going to do? Yeah, I can understand that because he's got a couple of little shares in there, yes, hasn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, well, look, we've just done a discussion on finance, the financial sector. So, Had one um, of those, at least. Yeah, that, you know, you'd think the financial sector would be a mm. good part of it if you're looking for top 20. Mm. But what about a really growth stock? I would say um, anything you could find in energy or yeah. materials would be another one to look yeah. for. But materials have more or less run on a bit, haven't they? Yeah, they have a little mm. bit. So you're talking about like an oil search or a... Um, yeah, so look, energy, uh, I'd say, like for me... And this is just my personal preference. I pref I like Woodside. Woodside. That's what the, I was trying to think yeah. of the other one. I'm thinking oil search and I went blank. Yeah, that's <coughs> a smaller one. <coughs> yeah. So and some people like to buy the consumer staple yes. stocks. Yeah. So some people like to have a Woolworths or something more mm. plotty in, in their portfolio or Coles. But you'd need to wait for an opportunity for those stocks to prove that they're actually going to keep going up. West Farmers yeah. I always favour. That yep. to me is a good long-term opportunity, but when the time mm. is right. So obviously it's got to be continuing to move up. Yep, CSL's um, been going there more recently, but I would So that's one I'd get one. ready for. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be buying it right now, mm. CSL, but I'd be waiting for that one yep. um, in the future. Mm. So they're all good shares, aren't they? Yeah, so just look in the top 20 and, and with my book, you can see there's trend lines on there. So just draw some trend lines on monthly charts as my book says or my first book says, and I'm sure you'll be able to find one of those top 20 trigger. And it's interesting when we're looking, I was looking at the spreadsheet that we did mm. for the latest book and I was trying to find for tonight, looking at the financial stocks, the actual yearly returns for each of the banks mm. over a period of 10 years just to show people what they do. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get enough time to pull it all out, but I want to try and do that and show people how some of these top 20 stocks unfold and the, the consistent returns like you know, Cochrane and CSL deliver over 10 mm. and 20 year periods. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Combank we looked at that, Macquarie. The, 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 some of the banks, including mm. NAB, really underperformed, didn't they? Yeah, NAB underperformed, mm. but even though it was a big four bank. But so what are the better performers? And I think you've best mentioned all the good ones there. Yeah. Um, but don't necessarily think West you Pack have to get in straight mm. away. It's when they give you the opportunity to buy into it. I think yeah. that's really what we're saying to it. Look, thank you to everyone who contributed to the show tonight. Uh, the more people that ask questions, the more we'll share our thoughts and knowledge on trading and investing, and the more everyone is going to benefit. 
That's yeah, just absolutely. the natural law of the universe, isn't it? <laughs> Remember watching this show is only part of your journey. You may have a question on your mind or maybe something's holding you back that we can fix. So do something for yourself and take the time right now to share this with us by sending in an email. We're mm. looking out for you. Absolutely. Now, we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and may I be, give a big thank you to those who participated. If it's your first time, welcome and thank you for being with us. If you are serious about understanding the stock market and how to consistently profit, then do something for yourself and call our office on 1300 858 272 or just email through at info at wealthwithin.com.au and say, hello, I need to talk to you guys. Um, you will be speaking to real traders, even the person picking up the phone's a trader. Um, and they've been where you are now. They've had the same fears, the same goals the same ambitions so you will find that they're really here to help you understand what you need to do in the journey and best of all you know they really are help you make your journey easier and faster so don't be a stranger in other words now janine and i are also here to support you so now it's your turn to support us and hit that subscribe button and show your support for us also like the video so others like you can benefit from what we do and remember to share it on your social media i think that's really important as well now, I thought I was going to hit you, have to tap you on the back there just to help you get it out. No, I've got the sock. <laughs> if you enjoyed this week's show, then put into your calendar to join us right here on the Live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday at 7 to 8 p.m. If you would like to have your question answered on the next show or if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then send an email to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Type Wealth Within Live in the subject line and you must do this before 3 p.m. on the day of the show. Mm. Now, as always, thank you for joining us and we hope you have a fantastic week. We look forward to you joining us again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com. And click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.